they wanted Belichick's dog to be part of the schedule release show on NFL Network. Uh, That's a real headline. I'm not making that up to be funny. They really said, apparently he was such a hit on social media, the dog, that they wanted the dog to be part of the schedule release show, which I would have watched if Belichick's dog was there because, as I've stated, I think that dog is probably smarter than half the coordinators in the league. So, but... Frank Gore was praising your boy. Who's that? Gase. Why he went to New York, Chris? Okay, you know, you know, like in, in the movie Three Hundred. Yes. When they say like Spartans go into battle because they want their beautiful death. Yes. That's why Frank Gore went to the Jets. The only way he sees his career ending is if he goes to the one place where talent and careers go to die, and that is the New York Jets. That's the only thing that can destroy him. It's very eloquently put by you, very descriptive, and it's very true. Yeah. He had to do this. I don't blame Frank Gore for this. He knew this was his only way out. So let me ask you, if Tom's contract comes up in two years and and he's not done, is he going to (laughs) – is he going to – Don't come back in town, Tom. (laughs) I don't care what you did. If you put on that uniform – don't come back to Jim. Oh, so this, is, this would be Brett Favre 2.0? Oh, well, anyways, want to do a show? Yeah, right, right. Let's go. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I am Chris. And I am Ben. Episode 61. Pretty good show planned for you. I mean, what else am I going to say? But I do believe it when I say it, so it makes it authentic. Then say it. We have today for you the worst-run organization in sports, as promised. I have done my research. I will make my argument to Ben. He believes his team he has chosen is the worst by far. Correct. I, I, he has an argument for sure. I know his team. He's not off base, but I believe mine is worse. We also have uh, Earl, Earl Thomas has had an interesting 24 to 48 hours. We'll get into that a little bit, what we know. Uh, the NFL has announced a return policy on for tickets in case their games do not take place. All right. But first, we did our AFC fifth-year option players last time. Right. We'll do the NFC fifth-year option players this time. For anyone who needs a little bit of a refresher, when a first-round pick is drafted, they are signed to a four-year contract that is a set amount. The team then, before the fourth year begins, by a certain date, can select to pick up their option for the fifth year or decline it, which would make them a free agent. Um, make them a free agent after the, 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 after the fourth season, this yes. This all happens... Right. Before the fourth year. Priority year four. Yes. So we had a f- not so not a lot of interesting stuff in the AFC. We more we more or less had a discussion in the AFC about why Tredavious White and Jamal Adams had not gotten an extension yet. Um, the NFC is a little bit more interesting. Uh, as I, I'll just say, I'm not surprised. The one player who has got an extension from that draft oh, is, of course, Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Right. Um, signed a four-year, $64 million contract, I believe it was about, about 10 days ago. 
So he's he's locked in place in Carolina for a while. The rest of these guys are either declined or the fifth year is exercised. Kind of a few surprising names on that list. Any one particular strike you, Ben? On which side? That they got declined or uh, uh, declined? Declined. Uh, either way, but we'll go decline first. Um, declined. I think realistically, the only one that sits on my um, for I mean, Jared Davis is a slight surprise because of what he did in his rookie season with Detroit, but he's had such injury plagued a couple of seasons. It doesn't really shock me that he got declined. I would say there's two. Uh, Jabril Peppers, who was in the trade uh, for Odell Beckham Jr. from Cleveland, so technically he was a AFC first-round pick. Well, he's on the Giants now. He's on the Giants. Uh, When I look at Jabril, I'm like, because I watched him in college. In all fairness, uh, in all honesty, he's a Michigan Wolverine. He, him and Xavier McKinney kind of remind me of each other. Well, Xavier's a little taller. Uh, obviously, Jabril's been in the league uh, three years, so he's a little more muscle. But I see a lot of each other in, in, in each other. So I'm like, do we have a repeat at safety now? And what's the plan going forward after this year? So that'd be my only like small surprise. But Mitchie, Mitchie. Oh, good old Mitchie three picks. The Mitchie, guy the Bears I, sold I, the farm to move up one spot. Yes. Move up one spot when nobody else was going to take him there. Nobody. Sold almost a good portion of their following draft. And a good portion of that year's draft, too, yes. I believe. Yes. To move up one spot from three to two to get Mitchell Trubisky. And if you have ever listened to this show and heard us on Mitchell Trubisky, you know not only are we not surprised... I'm actually very happy for the Bears uh, fan base that they did this. Like because, exactly. Nick Foles, we'll see what happens. I think he's going to be, be better than Trubisky. May not be, I mean, may not be the, the answer long term. But this way, Bears fans, who are as loyal as you're going to find in the league, and most fan bases are, honestly. I don't want right. say that pretty much. And any, any real fan is going to love their team. Bears fans can move on now and say, we got this guy one more year. And then we can just, okay, wash your hands of this. We can stop thinking about Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson every time this guy runs out onto the field, which has got to just kill you if you're a Bears fan, to watch a guy like Mahomes who you could have had at three easily, not traded your draft away. Right. Uh, and, I mean, it's just, it's good for them they can move on from this. I mean, not to mention the the, the, the cap number would have been just asinine for somebody of his – talent level, for lack of a better word. It would have been a $24.8 million hit. Ugly. For him. I mean, that's not... I mean, his... I'm not trying to be mean here, but, I mean, there's no way Trubisky... Because Trubisky will get another chance. He'll go somewhere else to a team that thinks he can be a reclaimed project, and and maybe they can get something else out of him. Maybe they can't. Who knows? But his next contract won't be worth $24.8 million. No, no, no. There's no way he should get that for one year to be mediocre... On a team that's going to need the cap room. This is a very smart move by Chicago. I mean, it'll be like, I mean, Tannehill got one year, and Mariota got two years, but both both contracts, I think, were incentive-laced. He's not going to get either one of those, like the dollar value to no. either one of those. Someone will pick him up after this year. But I said it. I said it when they, 
before they even got Foles, I said if if they get Foles, they're not going to pick up his option. I said that, and I think there was a sl- there's a there was a small window, a very small window though. They could have possibly traded Mitchell for something. Now it's you have nothing, and maybe you'll give him an opportunity to start. Maybe you'll actually have a legit competition in whatever training camp we have this year. I just don't think it behooves the Chicago Bears to have Mitchell Trubisky even touch the football this season. No, he's a backup this year. Yeah, he's got to be the backup this year. Nick Foles' his team this year. And I believe Foles will still have a few more years on his contract after this, depending on... What he does. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how the details of that contract transferred over if the guaranteed money was still paid by Jacksonville. And because if the guaranteed money was still paid by Jacksonville, then they have Nick Foles for several seasons at a very, very affordable rate, which is a smart move by them. So even if they were to draft somebody next year or sign a free agent, if it was a young guy, they could have him learn under Foles for a year or two and then let Foles move on. I mean, it's this is really the best possible scenario for the Bears given how poorly they, I don't know, judge talent with Chubisky in general. I mean, nobody was taking this kid as high as they took him. They did not have to do that trade. It was just, it was really one of those mind-boggling decisions. I remember I was at work, I was working nights when it happened, and I'm on my phone and I'm looking at, I'm watching draft results and I'm looking and I'm like, the Bears traded with the Niners. And all that they gave up to get it. I'm like, well, they clearly they clearly just traded past drafts, and now they're going to pick, or, or future drafts, and now they're going to pick two and three. It's like, nope, they did all that to move up one spot for a team that wasn't going to take him. And, I mean, now after this year, they'll be done with that. It's behind them. But, man, that really set their franchise back, though. So, so I'll... I'll... I'll inform you on this. He's got three years left on his contract for Nick Foles. Yeah. Okay. If they trade him after this season, uh, either before or after June first, they'll hit some cap savings. If they cut him straight up, it's about fifteen million of dead cap. If it's a pre June first, it's all on that year's. If it's a post. Most of it's on 2021, but after 2021, they can cut them for $6 million in dead cap. So what would make sense is if they're bad next year. When I mean bad, I mean if they're god-awful, like top three pick awful. I don't think they will be. I don't think so either. No, they'll be better than that. Khalil Mack... By far, gives them four wins on his own, yeah. I think. Yeah, just what he does. Yeah, and for sure. The talent they have on offense, Nick Foles is not a bad quarterback. He's very sound, and I think with the options they have, even though I wasn't big on Cole Komet as a, a second-round pick for a team that needs a wide receiver, he'll be a good option to have in that offense. I can still see them if they get top five, top three. There's... I know there's two quarterbacks coming out next year. There's 
discussions about a third one who is taking over for Jake Fromm in Georgia, but I want to see what he does first because he hasn't started. So it's that one-year start quarterback. And, oh, know, like Joe Burrow. Like Joe Burrow. When we know how I feel about one-year starting yeah, quarterbacks. exactly. But, but <clears throat> And there's always other players that kind of come out of nowhere. Obviously, Joe Burrow this year came out of absolutely nowhere, shot right up the, uh, the board. It would be a good option to get a quarterback in the first round next year, but not have him start because I think Mitch, that was his problem. He started day one. They didn't go with um, uh, Glennon. They did. Did they? Yeah, Trubisky didn't start till I want to say week five or six of his rookie year. I still shouldn't. Have, like, it should have been. It should have been an Aaron Rodgers situation. It should have been a leave it alone. Oh, and, and and just draft somebody else at three and not sell your team to begin with. So I'll I'll go over the top on you, Chris. They should have talked with Houston and Kansas City and say, "Hey, you really want Mahomes? Maybe they could. Maybe they got some information that each of these teams wanted something. I mean, obviously they had information that someone was trying to move up past them for Mitch, which again boggles the mind, but." Maybe they could have had a conversation with one of those other two teams saying, you really want this quarterback, come up and get him. Right. Or someone else say, hey, you know, we got word that Houston wants Deshaun Watson. Maybe you want to come up and get him. But they couldn't make it. They, they, they didn't have that mentality. Like Mitch, Mitch probably would have dropped to where Jordan Love drops to. Like Aaron Rodgers wasn't this poster child of perfection coming out of college. There was... Lots of warts on him, which is why he dropped all the way in the 20s. So, to think you needed to jump up to get him is asinine at this point. I get it, hindsight's 20-20, but you didn't need to make that move then either, uh, regardless. But it would behoove them next year, especially if they don't like what they see from Foles. And he's 31 years old right now. He's not on the back end of his career yet. But he could. He's had injuries. But I think it would behoove him in the first round or early second round, grab a quarterback. And I, I think, to be completely fair, hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't think the problem most people have with the fact that they drafted Trubisky, it wasn't even a draft of Trubisky. It wasn't even that they could have drafted Watson or Mahomes and stayed exactly where they were. That's all hindsight stuff because people said the Chiefs overdrafted Mahomes. Right. And they said, no, we got our guy. Now, it's everything we've seen so far, they made one hell of a pick there. Uh, I don't really know. People said Watson was under or overdrafted. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't some darling. Yeah, no, but, I mean, he, he was a, he had a, he was a project, but he had, he had a, a lot of ability. Yeah, he had a lot of ability, but there was a project there. Yeah, um, and that's that's turned out pretty well for Houston too. It looks like they have a unless Bill O'Brien gets on a trading spree. Looks like they have a franchise quarterback for the next ten plus years. Um, hopefully not for Deshaun's sake. He gets out of there, but that's a different story. I think the problem most people have with this is just trading up one spot and giving up all that draft capital for a guy you didn't have to trade for. It's not the hindsight is what it is. Again, we can, you know, Mahomes was overdrafted, whatever. People saying the same thing about Daniel Jones last year. 
Oh, the Giants, oh, the Giants overdrafted him at number six. Time will tell. Last year, the kid looked pretty good. He had some good moments and bad moments. He looked exactly like a, a, a rookie is going to look. But he has a lot of potential. Right. Time will tell on that one. But the Giants, I don't believe they traded up to get him. Six was their pick. And if they did six trade if they did trade up, it wasn't some astronomical, we're going to give uh, – we're in a six pick. We're going to give the guys at number five uh, our, our second round pick this year and next year, and then three more picks on top of it, and, and swap picks this year. And it was nothing like that. Like they they got the guy they wanted. If it was high, okay. They didn't feel he would be there in the second round when they chose again, so they wanted to get him then. Plus, they get that fifth year option on a quarterback. So it's just it, the, the lack of common sense to trade up one spot. When nobody else was taking him, uh, San Fran wasn't going to take him at two. I mean, they needed a quarterback, but they weren't going to take him at two to give up all of that. I mean, literally everybody when they said the name Mitchell Trubisky at three was like or two was like what? Right. You gave up that? For, like you're not going after Mahomes. You're not going after Watson. You're not going after other top talent. You're going after Trubisky. You could have gotten him at fifteen easy and traded down and gotten more draft capital for it, but. Well, right. you're right. The Giants did not move. Yeah, that was a regular pick, number six. It? Yeah, and and you're right. If they stayed at three, and they kept all those picks, they wouldn't get trashed as much. They would still get trashed, but if you look at three, the San Francisco took Solomon Thomas. They declined his option. Right. Number four, Leonard Fournette. They declined his option. Number five, Corey Davis. Number five, Corey Davis. Has done absolutely nothing. AJ Brown has done more than Corey Davis. Oh, yeah. AJ Brown's been in the league for one year. There's a lot of Corey Davis hype too. A lot of Corey the Davis. Best, hype. The best pick in the top ten uh, is, yeah. is a three way t- is, is almost a three way almost three way tie between Mahomes, C- CMC, and Jamal Adams. Oh, uh, that's right because uh, I mean, yeah, Mahomes was nine, right? Right. My, Mike Williams hasn't done anything in LA, and John Ross. Do we need to go over John Ross? No. John Ross was drafted before Mahomes. That's what tells you. Well, eight other guys are drafted before Mahomes, and the only one you can make an argument for was worth it was Christian McCaffrey. That's it. And that's even that's tough to argue because Mahomes has already led his team to a championship, and he is he is the driving force behind that. So, and I, I just I'm, it's it's just Chicago has a chance right now, like you said, to move on. So, if you're not going to trade Mitch, if you just want him, you know, on the bench and you want to have an established starter with experience in your offense as a backup quarterback because Nick Foles may not be able to stay healthy, fine. You can keep him for the season, but you need to move on. And I think, personally, the Bears need to look at next season. They need to do work. If they can, because obviously we don't know what's going to happen with the any season, any any football season, so we don't know what's going to happen with the college season. You need to do work on every single quarterback you can do work on that possibly would either go move, move on from college as a redshirt junior or as a, as a senior. Right. And you need to you need to look at each and every one of them, their faults, their pluses, their minuses, their successes. And you need to do work and find out, 
Because if you're not, if you have Foles all season, you're not going to be a top five pick. I just don't believe. I think they'll be. They could be top ten, but they won't be top five. Well, you're not getting Justice Fields and Trevor Lawrence in the tenth pick. He's gone. They're both gone. So now you're looking at, and I'm not going to get into the other quarterbacks because I haven't done any work on them yet. But there's always more quarterbacks because we know quarterbacks get overdrafted regardless. There's been a lot of very successful quarterbacks taken beyond the first round also. So if you're the Bears, certainly don't tank. If you have foals and your offense is clicking and doing well because David Montgomery should be the focal point of your offense anyways. And you have tight ends, and now you have Montgomery at running back. You have Allen Robinson at receiver and whoever else you can bring in. If foals can manage to – Manage the game like he did in Philly during a couple of playoff runs and the Super Bowl run. And the defense can do its thing led by Khalil Mack. The entire outlook of Chicago's season changed just from taking Trubisky out and putting Foles in. And it's not even, it's not again, like, Foles has, like, this this magic when he's in an Eagles uniform. Outside of an Eagles uniform, he's been pretty pedestrian. Right. But I still think he's a much smarter, more capable game manager kind of player than Trubisky by far. Trubisky, God, they were, they were, we were watching last year. They were, they were guys 10 yards away. Trubisky's missing them right. over their head, not coming close, throwing it at their feet, not even under pressure. This guy just is not – he's not done well so far. Maybe he'll go somewhere else and they'll find, figure out something that's going on with him and they'll turn him into a star or he'll be a mediocre backup his whole career. I don't know. But this kid has not panned out. And and it's mystery, it's mystery what happened with Tariq Cohen from one season to the next where he was a fantasy option and a dynamic player one season and then, next, then this past season he was absolutely nothing. Like he, he contributed nothing to the offense for majority of the season. That's not possible. That's just there's something wrong with the the facilitator of the offense, not him. And I know part of that is David Montgomery, but they had um, Jordan Howard the year before. And I don't think he's not the same as David Montgomery, but he's more of a runner runner. Right. So you have all these options. You need to utilize them, and he clearly couldn't. And I I, I still believe he would. He would have benefited from a full season behind um, Glennon. I don't, I don't think Glennon was much of a quarterback anyway, but he would have benefited from not getting his head crushed in for a season on a bad team. I think this year he would benefit tremendously if he listened, paid attention to Nick Foles, because Nick Foles is not one of these guys who is – all about himself, and he's not going to have that superiority complex. He's not going to come in on the red carpet. Like he's, he's not going to be yeah. you know, like Aaron Rodgers or, or Tom Brady who just dismisses the backup quarterback, uh, whether they're a rookie or a fourth-year player. They're going to – Nick Foles is going to treat him because Nick Foles took the back seat to Carson Wentz after he won the Super Bowl. He right. said, yep, he's starting quarterback. Uh, this is your team. Here you go. Yeah. But – so Mitch can learn a lot from Nick Foles for one season. This is an opportunity to learn and then go to another team and do what Ryan Tannehill do. Did. Do what 
Marcus Mariota is going to try to do. They're going to try to usurp a starter by performing. By I think, I think he will, too. Mariota is Mariota's going to be the starter on that team oh, cause sooner Chuck, than later. Chucky, Chucky, Chucky likes Mariota. Chucky wouldn't have brought him in for a two-year deal if he no. didn't have some plan down the road. All right, anybody else on this list of players that are picked no. up or declined? There is, there, the, the players that got declined, I'm, I'm not really surprised about. The players that got exercised, no, I'm not really shocked. Not too much. Tank uh, McKinley, I'm not surprised. He, he hasn't performed as a first-round pick. Giants keeping uh, um, ex, uh, uh, exercising Ingram's option. I think no, that's that was a great, a, great move. That's he's, a no-brainer. He's... When he's healthy, he's he's a force, but health has been an issue. But hopefully, he'll be able to and I, stay on the field. I'd get his, I'd get his uh, contract done real quick if I were him. Oh, get it, get it done now while he's going to be a little cheaper. Now, yeah, so for can, sure. You can have your fixed um, budget. Yep. So when uh, the time comes, and I know it's not here yet, but at some point it will come for one Saquon Barkley. All right, now we're going to move on to our worst organization in sports. Now, as usual, we'll explain what our parameters were here. Not all time, just again, the probably the worst-run organization we've seen in our lifetime. Correct. Uh, there were some organizations that uh, I, either they, they changed cities, so they were technically a different organization, um, such as, like for mine, I strongly consider the Cleveland Browns. However... The Cleveland Browns from 1999 mm-hmm. to current are a completely different franchise. The franchise that left Cleveland in 1995 is now the Baltimore Ravens. So I couldn't, I didn't feel right about picking that team because it's a whole different ownership, different team. Uh, you're not saying an established team that's just doing poorly. Cleveland in 99 when they started just had to rebuild the team from the ground up. Right. And it definitely showed. But before that, they had a couple of years in there where they were in the playoffs. It wasn't terrible stretches. They had a lot of mediocrity. But there's also some decent years in there, too. Thought about Cincinnati. Um, but they have, during the earlier Carson Palmer years, even a few Andy Dalton years, they were a competitive team. You know, had made some, made some playoff appearances. I mean, I don't think they've won a playoff game in... Got twenty plus years, but at the end of the day, um, I chose my team for reasons I'll explain. But do you want to get to your team first, or no? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My team that I chose. Again, disclaimer: I'm a baseball and football guy, so I I can't really speak to NHL, NBA. I'm a little, I'm much more familiar with than the NHL, but I'm not. I haven't really paid attention ever since college. Basketball went too. You could play one year and then move on to the pros. Yeah. I lost a lot of interest in basketball in general because you weren't watching somebody for three or four years, and then you watched them transition to the pros, and you got to know them and know their game and watch them. So I just felt very disconnected from it, so I just stopped watching, honestly. Um, and this was a tough one because there's been some very poorly run baseball organizations. But for me, the worst run team I have seen – in my recent memory, last 20 years, anything I can remember as being a football fan is the Detroit Lions. They are poorly run. 
poorly constructed. They can't get big-name free agents in there. They can't seem to put a winning team on the field when they had they, they had the, probably the greatest running back of all time playing for them in Barry Sanders. Yep. And I mean, we both said he was the best in our opinion. And I, I challenge you to put somebody else up there. Um, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, phenomenal draft pick. I believe he was a second or third overall pick. He retired early, much like Barry Sanders, because the organization was so poorly run, they just knew they weren't going to have any chance to win. And essentially it was, why am I going to continue to beat myself up and and take this kind of abuse to my body that's going to have long-term effects when you're not putting anything on the field that's going to be competitive? Uh, Matthew Stafford has been a fine pickup for them, but you take those three guys out of it, and it's been a lot of misses. Yes. A lot of misses. I'm going to run down some of the names for you. You might have forgotten because I want to give the reasoning for my less than sparkling review. I mean, you just, you you go go down the list. I mean, nobody that they had, that they've drafted in the first round, as far back as I can see, Barry Sanders was in 1989. Mm-hmm. And then they had Andre Ware and Herman Moore. <laughs> I mean, okay careers, good players of or uh, uh, fans of the team love those players. It's a lot like um, like the Patriots who had guys like Troy Brown and Kevin Falk. Oh, we love them. Love them. They did great things for the team, but neither one of those guys is probably going to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Not a chance. Because so there's nothing wrong with those having players like that, but. Trey Brown and Kevin Falk, to the best of my knowledge, were not high first-round picks. And these two guys were 7th overall and 10th overall. Those are guys who were supposed to change the face of your team. And they just didn't. And then we have, I mean, as big a football fan as I am, you have a list of about 10 people I've never heard of before. Then you get Chris Claiborne in 1999, 9th overall. I mean, what did he turn out to be? Nothing. Not, not what they thought he would. And uh, then you get, uh, ooh, 2000, Stalker McDougal. I don't know who that is. That sounds like somebody you make up in Madden and like, crank them up to a 99 when you're yes. starting your franchise and you need a starting quarterback. Then we get, oh, we got uh, Joey Harrington, third overall in 2002. That was a mistake when it happened. Not to be outdone, 2003, we had Charles Rogers, rest second in, overall. Rest in peace. Yeah, well, he died. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Roy Williams, following year at number seven. Now, the only thing about Roy Williams, he had one really good year, and then it was a lot of mediocrity. But the Lions, in one of their few good trades I've seen them pull, actually managed to get a first-round pick out of Jerry Jones for him after his fourth season, I believe. So they they got they got something back on that after four years with him. So I can't, you know, that is that's that's okay. Kevin Jones, Mike Williams. wasn't until 2007 when they drafted Calvin Johnson. Then they got uh, 09, they got Matthew Stafford first overall. Johnson's already retired. Stafford's been a fine quarterback for him. Put up some nice seasons. uh, Gives him a better chance than they had in a long time before him to win. But they've never really won anything with him either. They drafted Andamakan Sue in 2010. 
Uh, he was with the team about as um, shortest amount of time he could be. And then he was gone, got a big contract in Miami. Like, they don't, they can't draft, they can't manage, they can't get free agents to come in. And even when they do work a trade, that Roy Williams trade to Dallas was an anomaly because when they do usually trade, it ends up being a deal like you had this past offseason, or this current offseason technically, mm-hmm. where they gave away Darius Slade to the Philadelphia Eagles for, was it a three and a five? Something like that. Uh, not even close to what is that. They, could, they should have gotten nothing, nothing less than a two. Nothing less than a two for him. And that, that could even be a conditional two with his talent level. I mean, hats off to the Eagles for that trade. We said that before. Yeah, we said that. But as far as the Lions go, they got fleeced again. It hasn't got much better, Chris. No. But again, like, I mean, Ezekiel Ansah, I don't think he's on a team anymore. No, he's he was with um, Seattle last year, and he's currently, I believe, a free agent still. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Jeff Okuda was just drafted two weeks ago. We have no idea what he's going to be yet. TJ Hawkinson showed some signs last year, but... Again, we're going to need a little more time with him to see. But besides that, I mean, this organization just, they never feel, you never watch them. To me, it's a lot like the Redskins. When you watch them, you just never feel like it's an organization that is going to get above mediocrity. I mean, the only reason that the Redskins should have any hope is because of the guy they got to coach him this offseason, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera is a very underrated coach. And he's a good guy to bring in there with a younger team and try to whip him into shape. He did that with the Panthers. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, any any Lions fans out there listening to this, uh, sorry, I mean, I feel for you. I'm not trying to bag on you. Um, And I'm probably not telling you anything you don't already know. (laughs) Like, you're watching this team. How many years did Matt Millen tear that team apart? Oh, yeah. The guy was just absolute trash. He sucked. Over and over and over again, he did the wrong thing. And he must have been a really nice guy because they kept him around for a while. But he sure wasn't doing great, good things for the team. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of bad, Chris. Yeah, I'm looking at it right, I'm looking at the list right now and I'm like, these guys did nothing. It's his first round pick after first round pick. And we're not, we're not talking about. You know, uh, an occasional. I mean, teams miss on first-round picks. Of the 32 first-round picks this year, maybe half are going to go on to really do something good with their current team, get another contract, and be have a potential to be a star long-term. About half of those are going to actually accomplish that. Maybe one or two out of that pool is going to be a superstar, and you might have one or two Hall of Famers after that. I mean... Maybe in each in each draft class. So you have mediocrity that, that occurs all the time. Players just don't pan out. They're not in the right systems. But with this team, it's just when they start to put something decent together too, they shoot themselves in the foot. They had you know, they had Stafford, then they drafted Carry on Johnson, they drafted Kenny Galladay. Uh, they had a pretty decent defense, not great, but doable. It's like okay. They have a running game. They have a passing game. They have a good quarterback. This team can do stuff. Then Stafford gets hurt. They trade Darius Slay. They can't keep anybody on defense. They can't bring anybody in. They bring Patricia in. 
Patricia does. I mean, he seems to regress that team five years instead of improve it. And they, they just seem like they're throwing arrows in the dark and they're not hitting anything. And no matter who they bring in, it's like that team is cursed. I don't understand it. Just look, man. Their best pick, if we discount 2020 and 2019, okay? I'm going to take that out because 2020, we don't know. And 2019, I don't I don't like judging rookies no. for one season. And he was injured last year, too, I believe. So, But, I mean, like, in totality, though, I, I don't want to, like, look at the entire draft. It's like the best draft pick was in 2013, their second-round pick, 36 overall. Darius Slay. And where's he now? He's like, the guy they traded to the Eagles yeah. for almost nothing. And you look at all, like, like their first round in 15 is not on the team anymore. Their, their tackle in 2016, Tyler Decker, he's still on the team. But Jared Davis, they just declined his option. Frank Ragnow, I believe, is not on the team anymore. Or is he on the He's still on the team. But it's you keep going back, and it's just a lot of, I hate to say this, a lot of crap. Yeah. Ashawn Robinson, second round pick in 16. Not on the team. Graham Glass now got a nice contract with another team from 2016. Amir Abdullah was a mistake when they drafted him in uh, 54 overall. I, I could have told them that. He played in Nebraska. He had a fumbling problem. I knew that. He should have been a fourth or fifth round pick, and he wasted. Kyle Van Noy, 2014, second round pick. Failed. We pointed it out earlier. Yeah, he did nothing. Ended up going to the Patriots. The Patriots got the most out of him. And now he went on to the Dolphins with a nice free agent contract. And Eric Ebron's most successful season was in? In Indianapolis. Yep. At a year after because he had a, he had, he had fumbleitis. Like he couldn't – or no, he couldn't – he dropped a lot of passes. Right. It wasn't fumbling. But, but it's just it's just a lot of – Which, again, those are a lot of players who aren't good in Detroit who go to other teams and – have some moderate success at least, which tells me it's a culture problem. It's it's a higher up management problem because you have talented players. Yeah, it just never seems to work for whatever reason. Had a beautiful new stadium. I mean, it's not so new anymore, but Ford Field is a nice stadium. It's a very nice stadium. So it's not like they have bad facilities and they they're not taking care of or anything. They. I don't get it. Like they've had talent, they just don't seem to be able to put anything together. Uh, well, we'll have to see. We'll have to see with twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen what they can kind of combine together. Because it seems like that's kind of you keep going back in the drafts, and after twenty sixteen, I think you start to see a lot of players just not on the team anymore, and that's that's the turnover of the head coach. I don't remember when Bob Quinn came in um, when he replaced. I don't know if he replaced Matt Millen or there's someone in between, but it's. I mean, you're right. There's a lot of crap. There's just a lot of crap that you don't you don't know what they were thinking three years straight first round wide receiver because that was going to work. Right. I, I I don't understand the concept there, but. And then twenty, and then a year after you go back to back to back wide receivers, you take another one. It's like, in fairness, that one worked. That one worked, but it it's was your fourth attempt in five years. Yeah, right, the other three that made no sense at all. And I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to comment too much on those three because 
I remember Charles Rogers because he went to Michigan State, and obviously Michigan State and Michigan fight each other every single year. Right. So I have some familiarity with Charles Rogers um, and Roy Williams and Mike Williams, not not too, too much. I mean, I remember Roy Williams getting a dominant wide receiver. I just didn't watch a lot of tape of him. But it's just it's a narrative that has continued on mm-hmm. till now. And the question will be going forward is Ms. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn on this on the right path to where their draft picks are gonna hit. I don't think so. We'll see though. All right. But that was my selection. So that was my answer to your challenge when you told me who you believed your worst run franchise correct. in sports in the last I'm gonna say twenty five years was. Say twenty five years yeah. is. And what is your answer? My answer is this. I considered the Bengals. I did. Much like you, I looked at them and I said, they're bad. They're not that bad as far as being run. They did make the mistake of continuing to have Marvin Lewis. Yeah, when it clearly wasn't working. When it wasn't working. Yeah. I went and thought the Baltimore Orioles. And they have a strong case, Chris. They have a very strong case, Chris, yeah. from, from 1998 to 2019, they were bad. And they've and even if you go on their Wikipedia page, they even say for 14 years they had losing seasons. And then they had a four-year playoff run. And now they're back to rebuilding. And the four-year playoff run was from uh, 12 to 16, where they had three appearances, one division title, two wild card appearances. And they didn't progress in any one of those three seasons. No. One they and had, done. They had, from 1998 to 2019, either a fourth or, fifth, fourth or fifth place finish 16 times. That is bad. Very bad. That is bad. But it's not the worst. Who is the worst? Who is the worst? And this is no slight. I'm, I'm saying this because I know what's going to happen. Is if anyone hears it, they're going to say, "Well, you're bashing on Philadelphia again." I'm not bashing on Philadelphia. Well, it's not the Eagles. It couldn't it's be. It's not the Eagles. the Eagles. It's not the Philadelphia Phillies because they've won. Recently. Yeah, they've won. Yeah, they had. A, they've been. They, they look at least decent even, right now. It's not even the Flyers because I believe, if I remember correctly, yes, they won recently because I believe they beat my Bruins in the playoffs a few years ago to get to the Cup. It's the 76ers. Okay, why is that? They can't be worse than the Lions. They're not worse. They're not worse in the sense of they've been bad. Because they've made the playoffs in, in 18 and 19, the past two seasons. They made the playoffs. Sweet, so I won cut and dry. No, nice. no they All didn't. Right. No, this was didn't. easy. What's okay. next week? Their last division win was 0-1. That's their not so last, great. Yeah, that's not great. Their last conference win was 0-1. They didn't win the they didn't win the NBA Finals because they faced the Lakers. Did they still have Iverson then? No. Uh, then? Yes. Yeah, I know they it don't was, now. It was basically Iverson against uh, Shaq and Kobe. That's what okay, I remember that one. Yeah, because they, they, they just, really won that first game, and it was like, oh, man, can they do this? And and no, then, no, they could no, not. They could no, not, no. No, Kobe and Shaq corrected that very quickly. Very quickly, yeah. They do have three championships. The most recent one was 1983. The year I was born? Okay. The, the year before I was born. <laughs> Not awesome. No. So, they've had in their recent history, and I say recent history, we're talking about 01 is basically what we're looking okay. at. Okay. 
third three first picks. Three first picks. First overall picks. First overall picks, Chris. Okay. They've had five top five picks. They've had seven top ten picks. Out of their since since 2012. So 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. The past nine years. Nine drafts. Out of their 11 first-round picks, because they had multiples a couple of years, six of them are not on the team anymore. Huh. One of them being Markel Fultz, who was drafted in 17, who was, draft, who was traded before this past season started. So the guy they drafted first overall two, two drafts ago is not on the team anymore. Oops. By the way, they traded that pick. They traded their pick with the Boston Celtics. They had to give up other pick, future first round picks to move up to get Markel Fultz. So that's Mitchell Trubisky, but worse because he didn't do anything for the 76ers. Well, neither did Mitchell Trubisky for the, for the Bears. And they drafted Ben Simmons in 16. He didn't play his, uh, the 2016 uh, 17 season. He was out. They drafted Joel Embiid third in 2014. He did not play his first season, and I believe a good portion of his second season, and he's still in maintenance mode after five-plus seasons. He still can't play a full full year. He can't play back-to-back games for the most part, even though he wants to. His legs won't let him. Multiple first-round picks are just – some of them aren't even playing anymore. And some of them are on different teams. And it's just, it started in, twelve. I say 2012, because that's when the process started. If you've ever heard the the Philadelphia uh, 76er phrase, trust the process, this is the process. The process is to suck, get the first overall pick. And then do nothing with it? And do nothing with it. That is the process. Sounds like a really crappy process. Now, they hired Brett Brett Brown in... 2012, 2012-2013, I think. His first four seasons, they won nothing. They were bad. Fourth and fifth in division. Which is why I, I give you an example of how many first-round picks they've had. Because some of them are not their, are not their picks. Because they've traded. They also started trading white players. Good veterans, they started getting picks back for them. But they didn't do anything with them. Now they've they've won their past two seasons. Uh, uh, his last two seasons, Brett Brown went one hundred three and sixty one. That's pretty good, right? His overall record is one seventy eight and three fourteen. That's not good. Okay. His first series um, as a head coach going up against the Celtics, and it was bandied about that they were more talented than the Celtics. I would agree with that. At that point, when they faced the Celtics, they were more talented. They lost four games to one. They got just Brett well, Brown. Because I mean, good good teams can be a bunch of good individuals any day. But the coaching aspect was bad, and Brett Stevens, uh, Brad Stevens, was a newer head coach than Brett Brett Brown. Like Brett Brad Stevens came from. College, Brett Brown was a disciple under 
Popovich. You know Greg Popovich? Yeah. Spurs. A lot of success. So Yeah, damn good coach. Right. I would say in this past season when they went to the playoffs and they faced in the in the conference semifinals. Chris, they haven't made a, a conference finals yet, much less uh, NBA finals. They went against the, the Toronto Raptors, who were basically Ky- Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of guys. I, I'm I'm underselling them a little bit. They do have talent, but it was basically one superstar in Ka- Kawhi Leonard and a bunch of talented support. Well, it was kind of like when the Cavs won with LeBron. LeBron, I mean, he led the team, yes. but you had some guys underneath who, who he could help elevate. But the Sixers have Joel Embiid, who's supposed to be the, one of the best players in the league. Ben Simmons, at the time, they had uh, no, they did not have um, they did not have Julie Alcourt on the on the team. They had Markel Fultz, who should have been something. Uh, they traded for Jimmy Butler. And they traded for, I'm going to forget his name. I apologize for forgetting his name. But they traded a midseason trade with the Clippers to acquire somebody, a very talented wing player. Basically, Chris, they had the, they had more talent. Much more talent than the, the Toronto Raptors. And it came down to Game 7 on one shot that went in for Kawhi Leonard to send the Raptors to the Finals. My point is they should have fired Brett Brown after that debacle of a first playoff appearance because he was just outcoached. And then they came back and they they showed confidence in him, which is unfounded pretty much in my opinion. Well, and I mean, again, Adam Gase can keep finding work. So, I, I mean, and I get that. This process is broken and to – Acquire players who, for their first season, cannot play. And then some of them who just can't play, period, as first-round picks, is astonishing. It really is astonishing. One of their first-round picks from 18 is no longer on the team. 18. That's less than two years. So, I just think, I just think for this run, since the... NBA final appearance in 01 to now. This this 76ers franchise has just been atrocious. Because they, they, they couldn't figure out how to let Iverson go. And it was an ugly, as you know, you've probably seen the video of the practice video. Yeah. Where he says it, I believe it was 27 and a half. It's not times. even a game. And they just continue... Until 2012 of mediocrity, and then they decide, okay, we're going to break it all down. We're going to start the process. And the process is from 2012 till now has produced nothing. And they're not even the favorite in the conference. That is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, because Giannis is a monster. And Giannis is a monster. And even if they get through the Bucks, there are legit three teams in the West that will crush them. So this process has not worked. And that's why I think they're the worst run organization. Because they're trying to have a process that is not processing. Well, I think based on the fact that 
they've been to a championship in the past 20 years. I'd say my team's probably worse, but we're going to be at a stalemate one-to-one. So how about everybody out there listening, tell us what you think. And anyone, any social media outlet we have where you, where you see this, uh, the, the thread for this podcast posted, Yep. just leave a comment. Uh, you can just say either just say Lions or 76ers or you can give a reason, whatever you want to do. We're always willing to hear people's points of view. So just do that because Ben and I are just going to sit here all night arguing about which one's worse. So we'll let you guys decide what you think. And, uh, yeah, when you guys all choose the Lions, we can all have a Ben next episode. That'll be great. Uh, okay. <laughs> speaking of uh, – I don't even know speaking of what. There's no segue There's here. There's no segue. Uh, Earl Thomas, uh, you know more about this than I do. Um, I, I think it's important to point out before – Ben gives details. As far as I know, there is nothing concrete that's known about the situation. Not 100% factual. No, there's some fact. All right, why don't you break it down then? I just wanted to point it out that not everything you hear is always true. We're not trying to spread misinformation. We're trying to say what we've heard about the situation. And people can make their own opinion because it's very odd. But go ahead. Late last night, uh, Earl Thomas posted on his IG. That's Instagram, Instagram for people sorry. who aren't aware. Um, that there was a situation that has arisen. Now you think it, it was within the past few days. This actually happened April 13th, this uh, incident, where uh, his wife, and it is confirmed, was arrested on April 13th. Oh, I thought it was last night it happened too. No. Oh, they did a poor job of explaining that then it on was, the update. It, well, he was very extremely vague on his um, IG post, and he said he was in communication with his wife and all that. But she has she was officially charged on April 13th with a burglary of a habitation with the intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon. That's quite a lineup. Okay. It is. It is. Um, she went there. She went. So what happened was Earl Thomas was somewhere an Airbnb with a uh, another individual, and his wife saw on the Snapchat account because he left it open with the GPS on, and he did not turn off the GPS locator for the Snapchat, so she knew where she where he where he was, and he went there. She went there. Sorry, she went there with two of her friends to confront him. Uh, and she decided to take his pistol with him, with her. Yikes! Mm. To scare him. Uh, yeah, that usually put, works. She apparently put the gun uh, less than a foot away from Earl's head. Well, I mean, again, I mean, there's, I mean, you're talking a lot of lot to unpack there. Yeah. No, and um, I mean, quite honestly, I have no problem giving my opinion on anything, even if people don't like it. I just don't know enough about this situation, factually, yeah, to say like, um, should he have been at a BRB and be with somebody else who wasn't his wife? Well, no, unless maybe they were separated. We don't know that. We don't. Know like, that. We don't know if they were separated, and Earl was just seeing somebody else, and she didn't like it. Maybe they weren't, and he's just being a jerk, in which case he's wrong. To, 
he's wrong for that. Obviously, there's so much to unpack. Like I don't I don't feel comfortable. We wanted to tell people about it because it's kind of like a it's news. It's it's news, and you know, thanks to everything being shut down, we kind of have slim pickings for things we can bring up and discuss. Yeah, but and, and all kidding aside, I just don't know enough about all the details. Because trust me, if I find out rock solid details one way or another, I'll be the first one to come out here and go, "This dumbass, this idiot, this." I have no problem with that at all. I, I don't think my feelings on guys like Adam Gase and Bill O'Brien have been hidden. Although those aren't personal problems. Those are coaching dislike issues. Although I don't know how much I would like Adam Gase in real life. But that's beside the point. Yeah. Um, she, yeah, it's it's very weird situation. Yeah, and obviously the attorney has come out and stated that everything's false and... Everything's always false, no matter what, from they're both sides. To, she, they're looking forward to clearing her good name, and and Earl is taking the high road, and he's being very vague, and he wants to, you know, everyone wants everyone in their prayers, but he doesn't want everyone talking about it. It's like, I, okay, we understand <laughs> okay, you Earl's talking about it, yeah. and we understand because TMZ is the one that reported it first, and TM, the reason why he did the IG post is because TMZ was going to release it today, so that's why he got out in front of it, which is fine. Um, he was very respectful and, and of the situation, and all he said was, you know, he's in communication with his wife. Unfortunately, there was speculation early on what was going happen, what was going on, because all it was was Earl Thomas, and there was domestic incident. Right. So early on, there was a lot of stuff. Oh boy, we have another around. situation on our hands. Yeah, right. So when it was found out that it was she pointed a gun at him. It's. We'll have to see what happens. Um, yeah, we'll we'll give our well. I mean, we're not going to bring this up and then not give an opinion when we find out more. But as of now, I mean, I, I personally just don't. I don't know enough about what's going on to, to make an opinion or say somebody's right or wrong. Because this could go. There's so many different angles on this. It's really tough to say without knowing more info. Yeah. But. I mean, I think we're we did all we yeah, we're pretty good. much good on that one. We're good. So, next topic: the NFL has done, in short order, what Major League Baseball has seemingly not been able to do. I was hoping we didn't have to in months. Beat up. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not beating up on. I'm not going to beat up on Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball for not doing their jobs for the past two months. I'm not going to say anything like they're poor leaders and they can't run a league and 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 they should be ashamed of the fact that they can't organize anything. Or even, you know, have a plan, a tentative plan in place after two and a half months. I'm not going to say any of that. I've already said it. I'm Nobody glad you're taking the high road this time. Absolutely. I'm not going to say, despite my not always so positive views on Roger Goodell, no. that he has handled this like a, a commissioner and leader should. And he is miles above Rob Manfred. Uh, I'm not going to say any of that either. So, all I'm going to say is the NFL has once again uh, done what other leagues have had a difficult time doing, and that's figuring out how to get people who paid for tickets their money back, just in case the NFL season doesn't happen the way they plan on it happening. It's, 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 see, as soon as that, I was working, and all of a sudden I get this thing come across uh, from Twitter. Was it Twitter? Oh, it was one of my one of my uh, sports apps, and it came across um, that the NFL had put out a, a policy regarding the 
refunding the tickets if the games aren't played. And I just laughed at myself. I'm like, they are literally months away from even playing a preseason game. Preseason game. And they already have a plan to yep. refund tickets if the games don't happen. We are two months into the baseball season. And I believe Chris has said before, he's got tickets to two games. Yeah, two games that have already been postponed, um, or canceled now. And you still can't get your money back, right? No, it took them two months to figure out they should give the money back to people who were, had tickets for games that they couldn't go to. Um, and I'm not, I understand why. That wasn't anything that upset me. I get that. I understand you can't have large numbers of people in, in the same place right now congregating. That's cool. I get it. My problem was, yeah, no problem taking my money. I bought them through Major League Baseball website. This isn't like I bought them from from a second, you know, a second hand online retailer who got them from somebody else after market. This was from the Red Sox. They couldn't figure out in two months to just refund the money to those people for games that they were going to miss. And then they finally sent me an email like five days ago that said. Oh, you can either uh, get your money back, or you can. Um, we've selected other games that we believe are kind of like in the same price range because I got a good deal on the tickets. I got them during a the sale. We got other games that are kind of fall in the same categories, and you can choose those games instead. And I clicked the link, and it was broken. Couldn't do anything. So I finally got to the point where, after five days, they sent me another email saying. Um, you have not made your selection as to what you want done with your tickets. If you don't make the uh, decision, we're going to be forced to refund you the money on your point of purchase, which I'm like, well, that's what I want anyways. So you could have just done that. You could just send out an email telling everybody, you're going to get a refund to your point of purchase. And if you don't get it, contact this number. Could have been very simple. But instead, they look like doofuses and draw it out for two months. And then you click a link to solve the problem. And the link doesn't work. Ridiculous. Like, this league is not doing well. And and it's funny uh, because it looks like the NHL has done that. They have um, – because they had like half a dozen or less games left in their regular right, season. Right, So it seems like a lot of the teams are taking the, uh, the mantle on um, – either refunding or crediting to 2020-2021 games. Because, you know, NA, uh, NHL bleeds from one se- uh, one year to the next. Right. So it seems like, uh, I don't want to go into the detail on it, but it seems like they're they're giving um, people options to either uh, refund or uh, credit to uh, plans for the following season. NBA, I'm not getting much on, to be honest with you. I tried looking, and they're not really – there's a lot for NHL. For each individual team, actually, if you, um, I, I think you got to go through the teams for um, NHL. But it seemed like the NBA did it. Just kind of like it mentioned canceling games, but that was like two months ago when it started. Well, and that was the same with baseball. They did the same thing. We're, we're canceling these games. We're postponing them. Um, in middle of March, when they canceled the rest of spring training, they put out this statement saying. All spring training games will be refunded at point of purchase. We'll have updates for you on the status of 
our regular season games, and in radio silence for two and a half, uh, two two and a half months. I apologize, Chris. I, I went to a, a different link, and actually on March twelfth they um, where they say they, they said they would refund tickets. Uh, NBA. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, that's good then. So they either uh, they would honor them if they played or played a different day or just refund them. Not worried. Yeah. So I hate to say this, and I know we've said it many times already. It seems like there's one league, yeah, that just can't figure it out. That is it's MLB. MLB. Yep. Just and I love baseball, but man, this is just. So, so let me ask you, just to kind of divert it a little bit, okay? Because okay. we don't want to keep. As we discussed this before we started, it's like, do we really want to beat up for like the third or fourth episode? Beat up MLB? Oh again? no, that's why I didn't say any of that stuff. You did. I no, I said I wasn't going to say it, so it doesn't count. I don't. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to move on because I'm not. Maybe I'm missing something. I feel like you're watching Chris. a politician right now. I think so. Yeah. Um, if if the Red Sox emailed you, which by the way, um, <clears throat> that's funny because I don't think they would, but let's say they would, and they said we'll give you a game plan for next year. Here are your options. Okay. And you can choose whatever to cover the two tickets. If it's two games for two tickets or two games for – or three games for two tickets because the money works out differently because it's different games, what have you. Would you take that option? Sure. Okay. So take they could that, have yeah. just done that. They could have done that or just refunded. I mean – It's really that simple. It, there's nothing wrong with any of the options that MLB came up with at all. It's just they're not making it accessible. They, yeah, the fact they just make everything so damn complicated and convoluted for no reason. Like, all they had to do was say, um, well, we know for a fact we're not playing games until, uh, originally it was like April 29th. Right. Okay, so anything up until April 29th, you can now go to the website where you, where you bought them. And get a refund. As long as it was through, you know, obviously if it's secondhand, like StubHub or something, they have their own set of guarantees. That That's different than Major League Baseball. Right. But if they're purchased through Major League Baseball or through one of the 30 teams, then oh, wow. they, you would be able to get your refund. Or you could take a chance and postpone it to a later date if they decided that. Nothing wrong with any of that. The fact is they made it so... Damn impossible. And like I said, the other day I went to log on. One time the link was broken. Two days later I tried again, and my, my account information wouldn't work. And then I tried again to uh, just reset my password and everything, and it was, well, um, this isn't like you're, you're having issues with your account. And uh, if you, you know, and then I read an email that they would just refund the money at point of purchase automatically if you didn't respond. And I'm like, just do that then. Just do that. Don't make this a big thing. Don't make this a big convoluted mess. I mean, it, it's it's interesting because actually, I looked into that, that tweet for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. This is this is good stuff that they did. Um, I guess it came out yesterday, but I don't know when it when they made it official. But I guess it's, it was official yesterday. They actually the refund the single games are available through Ticketmaster. Or you can get, you know, 
uh, credit for game for 2021, 2021, um, or a simple request for a refund, which is, you know, great. Yeah, They're absolutely. Dating, but they added to it for a season C members who obviously there's a date you have to start. You either pay for the full season or you start your payments. There's a, there's a date you have to start doing that. They push that. So now instead of apparently uh, April 8th is the due date for uh, the first payment, they pushed that to June 8th. So apparently this, this has already started happening months ago. They just tweeted it out yesterday. And they're hoping the league and the team will have more clarity by June 8th. So if things don't open up, they might be willing to push that uh, date even farther. Which, again, it echoes what the NFL is doing. Is that we're giving you information. But we are leaving it open at the end to say things could change. Right. We could may have to make adjustments. Nothing set in stone. But here's our right. plan. Okay, you can't. You couldn't make it to one of our last seven games. Okay, you can either go with game next year, which, by the way, Toronto Maple Leaf fans are insane people. Uh, I hate them because rival of the Bruins. But you can either go to a next year game, which, by the way, they probably would. Or nothing, nothing a, like unbiased uh, no, opinions here on Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I keep it straight. Or you can get a refund, a simple refund through Ticketmaster, which, by the way, is one of the biggest ticket agencies there. And then they're helping their season ticket owners by deferring their payments. And that's by good. Two months. That's good. And that's how that's how you keep people happy because you give them options. Because now they don't have to sit there on April eighth and say, "Okay, <clears throat> am I going to pay rent, get food for my kids, right, right, or pay for my season tickets?" Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure they probably have a line, much like. The Patriots have a line for season tickets. Oh, it's like a two-year wait to even get. It's a two-year wait to get on the waiting list. So, and I'm sure Maple Leaf fans, it's the same kind of thing because hockey is crazy in Canada. So, you're if you're a person who's had it for two, two, three generations, which by the way, it's possible because hockey has been around for a long time. You would have to make a decision on April eighth to hand over third-generation season tickets because you can't. Make the payment. Right. This is a great move by, I'm, I'm assuming the entire league is kind of doing stuff like this. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, the individual teams can put this stuff out, but it, it's a league decision. Yeah. And I don't see anything about MLB. They just, they just. Again, they, mi- have, they missed it. They we have up. somebody here who is experiencing it firsthand. Yep. And they can't get this right. And again, I mean, my the total price of I bought them for for my girlfriend and myself. They were two. It was two set. Well, I bought them originally as a surprise on on Valentine's Day, and it turned out the date I bought was already something that had been planned. So, I was probably gonna I was gonna actually just end up just finding somebody who wanted them and just selling them for right. what I, for for you know face value. Um, and then I bought the second set so her and I could go because that was a day she had available. And uh, then everything, you know, happened and the, the season got postponed. And, um, I mean, it, it was a great deal. It was only, I think, for both sets total, it was $110. It's a good deal. It, it was a great deal. I had great seats. And it came with, uh, even came with a Fenway Frank and a drink for each person. There you go. Yeah, it was a Valentine's Day special. So it's not that, you know, and $110 is not, it's not nothing. But it's not like I paid five grand for them. 
it's just more of the principle of you, you, you refund the tickets right away to people for spring training. And then it took you two months to figure out that even if, I mean, the writing's on the wall. If there's a baseball game with any fan in attendance this year, I'll be shocked. Either the season may start up and, and they may play in empty stadiums. I'll be shocked if anybody's there. All right. I mean, next year, I think everything will be a little bit more back to normal. I mean, I'm not saying, oh, my God, forever, everybody panic. I'm just saying, as a precaution in the short term, I don't think we're going to see that. So somebody like me, I just don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with having to continue to reschedule. I don't want to continue with, oh, this game's going to get postponed, too. i got to move my tickets again. So my thought was just, I'll get the refund. And then down the road, if I know there's going to be games where fans are allowed in, yep. I'll look into buying those tickets then. But I'll take the money back now. But they made it so convoluted that they just made themselves look like they don't know what they're doing again. And they may very well not based on what we've seen. Because now we've seen both the NFL, who the NFL is progressing right now as though the season will start on schedule. Right. But they don't start playing until September. So a lot can happen between then and now. Or, excuse me, a lot can happen between now and then. Uh, the the NHL, as you just stated, has a plan in place. Not just for this season. For, for next season and to help out every aspect, every potential buyer, single game, season ticket holders. I mean, it's the you're logical thing to do. You're ensuring a, a customer that – because that's how you have to see it. it they are, we are fans. But you also have to see – as customers. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Do you want return business, or do you want to sit there and say, well, Chris, you click on this, click on this, and you'll get your money back, and every time you do it, you can't do it. Well, eventually you're going to take the L, and then when you take the L, you're going to say, well, I'm not going back. Yeah, I'm not doing that for a while. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you're having this, if you're having problems, there's a lot of more people that are having the same problem, and a good portion of them are going to have the same mentality you are. Oh, well, um, I may have to take the L on this one, but, yeah, I'm not doing this again. And considering it's Red Sox tickets at Fenway Park, a lot of them spent a lot more money than I did, too. They got a lot more money hung up than I do. Right. And and that's not but that's not a way to keep customers happy. And the Sox already take a beating in this town because they're links to the Boston Globe because John Henry owns the Boston Globe. That's true and very ironic that the number one paper is owned by the Boston Red Sox organization. And they have an ongoing feud with the New England Patriots, and they are, for the longest time, it was Boston Red Sox, and that's it. And since 0102, the tide has turned. So you already have an image problem from that. From the way you treated Tito? Yeah, exactly. From yep. blowing up every, every team after you win a World Series? Like, you're in, you know, treating Theo the way you treated him, and he ran out of town to go to Chicago and win a World Series? The season, the, the mis-experience of, of having John uh, Bobby Valentine as the manager? Uh, that did not work out at all. And the, the saga of John Farrell, which... Ended very terribly for a guy who won one World Series. Yep. And then, obviously, what's going on now with you fire Alex Gore for an infraction that apparently only happened in Houston, and somehow you 
have a video guy get the entire force of blame from yeah it has not been a banner couple of years with the exception of a few bright spots right for the Sox organization and look to your point of there's there's a seemingly a bit of a battle between Patriots ownership and Red Sox ownership first of all I, t- I take Robert Kraft there all day right. um second of all if you have people who are now going to be so disgruntled by this situation that they're going to stop buying tickets and put their money elsewhere. Like, I'll, I'll tell you as a fan, I love the Sox. I love Boston. But Boston to get into and to walk around is a pain in the ass from the minute you get there. Now, it's a wonderful place to go. I'm not trying to knock it. Trust me. Love it. But you try to get food anywhere. And we're talking a regular day, not even just game day. I mean, you take the tea in, which is very convenient. Yeah. As long as, you know, you don't have 600 people trying to cram like sardines in the two cars. Um, or you could go to Foxborough, Mass. Go see a Pats game. You're probably going to pay a little bit more. But guess what? I went to the past year before the Dolphins game. Uh, the night beforehand, I said, myself and my girlfriend went, had dinner at a a very nice, very reasonable restaurant. It's a very quaint and quiet little town. Now, granted, eight to ten Sundays a year, there is eighty thousand maniacs there. But at least the rest of the time, it's a very quaint, quiet, nice town. Patriot Place is an immaculate, beautiful facility. I mean, again, don't take game day for instance because you have so many tens of thousands of people there. You get a lot of stuff dropped on the ground, but the facilities themselves are just top notch. And then you have Fenway. I love Fenway. I I adore Fenway Park. I love the Sox. But right now, if you have to say which line of traffic you're going to deal with, which group are you going to deal with before and after the game, which facility are you going to try to fight to get in and out of, I'm saying, I'm sorry, Fenway, I'm not doing this until the team turns around, ownership turns around, the league turns around. I'll watch you on TV. I love the Sox, but I'm not putting my money down. To go deal with that headache. And I wish I could speak to uh, TD Bank, uh, TD Bank Garden. Um, unfortunately, it pains me to say this, I nev- I've never been there. I've yet. been there several times. It's a very nice building. Uh, it really is. I really wanted to go when, when, when KG was playing, but I just the opportunity never, never arose. But I have play, uh, played. Ooh, fish. Uh, I have been to multiple... Uh, Dolphins Pats games, and obviously I've been to Fenway a few times. We've gone a, a couple times ourselves. Um, I've got I've gone on game day to the Patriots. That traffic is insane, but once you're through the traffic and you park and you got your spot, it's not that bad. No, and it, the traffic is managed as good as you can handle oh, that many yeah. people. They have their, they have their stuff together up there for sure. I'm clearly. Uh, Bob and and the Patriots organization worked with the town of Foxborough to probably expand that road um, and make it more convenient. And obviously all the the businesses and houses that are along that road take advantage of it by having, you know, parking costs. Hey, man, that's smart. That's opportunity for money. Take it. That's point. And and then when you park, it's just like you just – you all go across the bridge and you go right in and – when you're done, 
if you want to sit back and wait till because there's a, how big is it? How many how many people fit in there? I don't know. Foxborough uh, or Gillette? Excuse me. I want to say I want to say some low seventies. I think it's like seventy two, seventy three thousand. If you hold back, because I did this one time with a couple friends, you hold back and you wait until they actually the, the security actually sits there and says, um, "Yeah, you you have to go." Once you get out, it's pretty empty because a lot of people just go. And you can hit up some of the restaurants in that place and not really feel crowded because, you know, even on a 1 o'clock game, people kind of clear out and they want to go home. So if you want to have a nice peaceful early dinner or if you go to a 4 o'clock game, you want to go to a nice dinner right afterwards. Obviously, if it goes too late, you want to you can't go anywhere. But it's like Fen- going to Fenway, it's like everyone leaves, you've got to you got to get out because you want to get out because you want to get back to your car because there's so much traffic between getting out of the getting out of Fenway Park, then getting on the T. Maybe you have to wait for the T because there's so many people, and then you um, then you're waiting to get to your car, and now maybe you have to wait in line for a car unless you wait long enough. And then there's the other factor that some people don't realize. There's a certain point of time at night. That if you don't leave, the T ain't running no more. That's it, yeah. It goes a little bit later on game days and nights. But, yeah, but, if you're there past, like, 12, 30, and 1 a.m., you're – I mean, it's a little bit easier now to get back to your lot with ride sharing, but, <laughs> but still a pain. And that's that's exactly um, what I ended up – my experience was this past year when I went to the Patriots-Dolphins game, aside from, you know, the Patriots choking away the number two seed uh, – that I mean, it was went from the hope. Excuse me. Went from Ubered from the hotel yeah. to the stadium. That was pretty reasonable price. Um, and then I mean, it took probably about an extra twenty minutes longer because of the traffic. But they have right in Patriot Place. They have a drop off lot for ride sharing. Oh my god! So That's- they drop off. We walked probably about a half a mile to the stadium, which might sound like a lot, but it's really not all that bad. You just, everything is well within view by the time you get out of the car. Um, and then when it was over, we ended up uh, having dinner. And then we went to, I think they have a, a, a giant outdoor world there in, in Patriot Place. We just walked around. We weren't intending to buy nothing. We were just walking around. And by the time we got out, there were Ubers already sitting in the parking lot just waiting for people to uh, call for an Uber, essentially, or, or whatever, you know, go on the app and, and ask for an Uber. Um, got right to the right to the Uber. Yeah. The guy who's sitting right there picked picked us up, waved us down. Hey, I'm, I'm him. Got right in the car. Ten minutes back to the hotel. We're talking two hours after game time. So there's stuff to do, whereas... Again, this isn't anything disparaging about the city of Boston or the Sox because I love both of them. But if you're going to deal with the frustration, especially when you clearly have a league that doesn't know what they're doing right now, an ownership that has really no concern for the fan base or the team, then where are you going to put your money? I'm going to go deal with this stuff and go to Boston, or I'm going to go somewhere... Where I legitimately would feel comfortable with my girlfriend being there, even if I were to walk away for a few minutes around all those people. Yeah. And not that, you know, 
not that she's um, uh, somebody who can't handle herself, but there can be some shady areas of Boston. Whereas I go to Patriot Place, there's security around, there's nice facilities, there's, I mean, you're, you're going to be driving people away from Fenway to Foxborough because you guys could not get your crap together. And it's not all on the Sox because it's a Major League Baseball problem. Oh, yeah. But you have to realize everything else you've been doing, all the things you just mentioned as far as the, the dramas and the controversies and the, the screwing over managers and all this stuff and GMs, that all adds up to, I love this team, but I'm just watching my TV. And I'll go. Maybe. Maybe. If I can get it because it's been harder and harder to find a, a, a way to watch. I'll just go to Gillette. I'll take that one game a year I'm going to go to and I'm, I'm going to splurge and spend that money on. Let's face it, your average everyday person, which I'm included in that, but I'm one of, we're, we're all in the same boat here together, guys. You're going to go to one game a year, maybe two. Usually one. Usually one for me. If that, some people not even. But you're going to find that game and you're going to go, oh, we're going to go to this game. You're going to, you know, like I said, I went last year. I won the tickets uh, through a raffle. Um, Or, excuse me, an auction, a silent auction. Uh, I won the tickets through that. Got a hotel, went up there, had a great time. And I never felt like. It was never that feeling in Boston where you just feel like you're going to get run over if you step onto the street. Oh, God, yes. Because people are pissed off because there's a crowd at Fenway. It's, it's just a different atmosphere. And it's not worth dealing with when ownership and the league are just doing a poor job of doing their jobs. Yeah. And then you have the NFL and an organization like the Patriots who have been doing everything right. From that same standpoint, and say, well, I know where I'm putting my money. So, and, and, and it's Bob Kraft invested in Patriot One PP and Gillette. He invested in it. That's that's privately funded. Yes, that's it, right? Now, have the Sox put money into Fenway? Yeah, they have. Obviously, you you can fit more people in it because that's what they did. The move. Although it was fought by by, by um, ownership and the local media, was to move to another stadium to Connecticut. To Connecticut, they were also looking at other locations in Boston. The move would have been to move out of Boston if you really wanted to maximize it, because the Patriots are out in a nice little town. I thought you were talking about the Pats before they got Gillette. Right, but I'm saying, I'm saying, but I'm, but I'm talking about the the Sox. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I when they bought it, yeah. there was a theory that they were going to move the okay, team right, out right. of town. Yeah, but the the move should have been to move it to just outside of the city in one of those suburbs, so that you could have what you have at one PP because they have full ownership and they have full. That's Patriot Place sorry. for all those wondering. Sorry. But they have they can they have this plot of land that they took advantage of, which was genius by Bob Kraft. Genius. The Red Sox ownership just couldn't, I guess, couldn't force their force the hand to move to another part of the city or another part of the area to make a new stadium. Because I know they wanted they, there was rumors they wanted to do that. But it was that nostalgia of Fenway Park. It's been around. You can't move out. It's like Wrigley, you can't move out. At some point, 
you have to move on from that stadium because it's just just physically can't handle it. There's rumors that that the uh, Wrigley Field is kind of crumbling on itself, and they try to repair it. But at some point, you're going to need to move out. Mm-hmm. The White Sox moved out of Comiskey Park. I know we're going on a different topic, but they moved out of Comiskey Park a long time ago to U.S. Cellular Field and whatever the heck it's called now. At some point, you just got to swallow your pride and say, we're going to move to this location, which is why I would say at some point in the next two or three years, Chris, that ownership is going to sell the team. Oh, Boston? Uh, the Red Sox. I got to hope so. I hope They're so. They're going to because at this point, there's no point in investing in a new stadium Especially if they can't, they have to privately fund it. There's right. no point. Yeah, I hope they do. There's no point in getting a new stadium. They might as well just sell it as high as they can. Right now, would be this, as high as you can get it. Oh, it's got a value. It's a, they got a billion dollar value. Right. I mean, they'll make bank on so, it. So, so you sell it now to somebody else, and somebody else comes in because you don't have that 86 year of uh, 86 years of no World Series hanging over you. You can just say, you know what. We're going to move, and the city of Boston can deem it a historical landmark, and you can have it as a tourist attraction. And concerts, concerts always do well there, right? And you and you probably bring down the the clusteriness of what's going on because I'm sure a lot of people that live in that area kind of get irritated on game day because those those um, roads close down around Fenway. Dude, honestly, even. Even on non-game days, I don't know if I could live there. I probably That's not a judgment on anybody who lives there. It's not like, oh, I couldn't live. I wouldn't want to. Because people go in there for it, tours every day. Yeah, and it, it's just the crowdedness of it and the it's way so the city's tight. laid out. Oh, I couldn't do it, man. i go nuts. It probably wasn't as tight when they first built it back in early 1900s. There is a point now where you have to say, we have to move on. Early 1900s, you still had legitimate horse and carriage going on through moving throughout the street. So, yeah, it was a little bit different. I think the Braves were on what, the, the, their third stadium at this point. I believe so. And the Red Sox haven't moved on. Like, early on, like, when they bought the ownership, I probably would have been one of those people who are like, God, I would like to see them win a World Series in Fenway, but I'd probably be okay with them moving to a uh, new stadium. But there were a lot of media, strong-minded media people who did not want them moving. This could be the start of a better relationship with your fan base by putting it somewhere like, like the Patriots have in Foxborough. Just it's there, it's its own site. You can make it what you want to make it instead of having, you know, game on like two blocks away, and the Patriot, uh, the the Red Sox stores are right across the street, but it closes at a certain time. And it's kind of clustery, and it's old, and it's, you know, there's just, you can't really renovate it because, and you probably can't renovate most of the stuff there because 90% of the stuff is probably land, uh, historical landmarks. Yeah. So, and that, that old that old town charm wears off really quick when you're dealing with oh, that it much does. BS. It does. So. so you just, not, I'm sorry I got off the topic, but that, if there's one way for the the, the ownership to start, to get its fan base back on board is to start the process of moving to a new stadium. I just don't think this ownership is is into it. They put too much money into Fenway Park, and I think they want to get out now and leave it up to the next ownership to deal with it. And that's why they just that's why they're making it a problem for you. Because they want to keep all the money they can. They want you to say, screw it, I'll take the L. 
and not care about four years down the road when you haven't bought a ticket in four years because you had a bad experience. Yeah, I don't know. It's either that or Rob Manfred's a doofus, one or the other. Well, they could all be doofuses. I think they all mean, yeah. But, well, we're running long. We're going to get out of here. Uh, hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, as always, if you have any comments or questions for Ben or I about anything you heard on the show, where can they do that? Well, they can hit us up on Twitter at BCTSPod or on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Football. And as stated previously, we will, because of our lack of ability to change our Facebook page to Ben and Chris Talk Sports, we will be creating a new Facebook and Instagram because apparently you can't change either of them. Uh, it, it, it will be Ben and Chris Talk Sports Facebook and Instagram page. Um, so be on the lookout for that. If we stop posting on Ben and Chris Talk Football, we didn't go anywhere. We're just on those pages now. Uh, we'll make sure everybody's kept up to date, though. And again, as usual, uh, if you enjoy the show, we just ask you if you could please just recommend it to somebody else. The show is getting higher downloads than it has since, I think, maybe our first couple episodes. We're getting some traction, and that's because you guys are out there listening and spreading the word. We really appreciate that. Uh, We're going to go ahead and get out of here. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy, and we will see you all right back here Tuesday morning. Thank you.